You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 616 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday evening into Tuesday morning, and the majority of this podcast, I would say the vast majority of this podcast, will be talking about the NBA regular season schedule that came out on Monday afternoon. Long awaited. It's usually around this time, and uh, this year, the league gave us a heads up last week and said, Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, be ready, and uh, we were ready, and a lot of stuff to talk about with the Hawks. Uh, one minor note that I want to touch on before we dig into the actual schedule itself, is that um, since, since our last rec- podcast recording, at least the last time we talked about um, this stuff on the podcast in terms of Hawks-related um, content, um, Trey Young left Team USA Select Camp uh, a little bit early with uh, what was reported by Ryan Woodhorst of ESPN as a minor eye infection. Young announced it as a minor injury. No real issue there, obviously. Um, and Young was not going to be a part of the actual Team USA team. Neither is John Collins, which I talked about at length. I thought those guys are probably too good to be on the select team, but with that said, I talked to two different media members that were in Vegas, and both independently told me without prompting that Young looked really good, actually, in workouts, and there was some uh, some, vi- some video highlight clips making the rounds, etc., and I thought that was at least a good sign, and just want to at least touch on that. A couple of good pieces written about Trey recently, including one from Ben Golliver of the Washington Post that I would definitely re- recommend reading, so um, everybody's high on Collins and Young, no big surprise there, I always want to touch on that real quickly before we get to the schedule itself. But uh, the schedule is, uh, you know, a topic of conversation. I think it's probably a little bit overrated in terms of actual impact. Um, I'm getting get it out of the way now, but still a lot of stuff to uh, sort of touch on and dissect a bit. Um, the big surprise, at least that I found on my Twitter feed with Hawks fans, was the only um, only two national television games for the Hawks this year. Last year it was only one. It was the it was the first Young Doncic battle uh, against Dallas. This year it is two. And for me, the weird part about that is that both are against the Miami Heat. Um, the first one is on Halloween at home, and then later on in Miami. But Miami's not really a very interesting team, in my opinion. We talked about them a little bit with the Eastern Conference over-under podcast that I did with Robbie Cowan. But um, Hawks-Heat, I know it's a division game. Not a huge rivalry. And the, there were some playoff series back in the day um, when I was uh, you know, early in this uh, media game. With that said, though, not really an intriguing matchup, and to have only the two um, national television games be the same thing. Obviously, with Jimmy Butler there, they're a little bit more interesting, I suppose, this year, but Miami's still sort of a boring team, in my opinion. There is some intrigue there with uh, John Collins and Bam Adebayo, et cetera, but kind of an odd thing. There are seven NBA TV games, though, which helps to lessen it a little bit. That's a lot of NBA TV games, so if you want to get loose with the definition of uh, national television, that brings the total to nine because there's two TNT games, zero ESPN games, and seven NBA TV games. Quickly, those um, seven games are October 29th against Miami, so that's the thir- third game of the season, I believe. And then um, December 30th against Orlando, Martin Luther King Day, which we'll get to in a second. February 3rd against Boston, February 24th against Philly, March 21st against Philly, and then uh, very late in the year, April 12th against Milwaukee. So a little, obviously a little bit more national love for the Hawks this time around, but a lot of people were disappointed, and I think rightly so. With the lack of full-on national TV game for this Hawks team, going to have to keep impressing and drawing some more eyeballs in that way. 
Um, the other headliner, I suppose, always is the opener. Um, Detroit is going to be hosting the Hawks for the actual season opener on, on October 24th. Um, Detroit's a pretty interesting team. Obviously, the Hawks won't, won't be favored to win that game because I think Detroit, um, the consensus on Detroit is that they're going to be a fringe playoff team or something like that this season if healthy. But that's a nice little challenge for this Hawks team to start, start things off, and they come home for Orlando on October 26th. That's the home opener at State Farm Arena. Of course, there are, there are three games um, you know, three games that will be on TV in the preseason, including two home games, and uh, Zion will be in, in town early on. But the first time to actually see the Hawks in a full-fledged fashion, October October 24th in Detroit and the 26th in uh, sorry at home against Orlando. I'll be in the building for that one. Um, before we get to the rest of the schedule, I do want to take a second to remind you that there were a lot of good podcast content um, in this space. Last week, we talked in the last couple of weeks to Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. We talked to Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball and then a trio of podcasts with Robbie Cowan last week, one of which was about the Hawks pretty much exclusively, uh, Vince Carter and some over-under talk, and then Eastern Conference and Western Conference previews um, through, the, through the lens of Vegas. So please go back and subscribe to those podcasts. I really, really appreciate it. Everyone already has done that. But um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, the Himalaya app, um, you know, all those places that have podcast content. If we are not in a place that you like to listen to podcasts, please let me know that, and I'll do my best to get that fixed in the near future as the season is rapidly approaching. We want to be able to, um, I guess, get the podcast out to the masses if possible. So please tell a friend, please subscribe to the podcast, and uh, after a very, very short break, we'll come back and dive deep into the schedule. All right, and we're back, and uh, I think the best place to start off the sort of deep dive portion of the podcast on the schedule is that Martin, as the MLK Day is going to be at at State Farm Arena once again. There was a bizarre one-year uh, sort of hiatus a couple years ago where the Hawks actually went up to New York and played, but for the most part, um, a home game on Martin Luther King Day in the afternoon has been a staple for a long time. That is still the case now. It's going to be a, a 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time game against, against Toronto. Obviously, the reigning champions there. That's a uh, NBA TV game. That's a, um, a, a matchup of Pascal Siakam and John Collins. A lot, of, a lot of intrigue, probably some choir intros. Always a fun atmosphere to be around in, and uh, that's a staple on the schedule that everyone always talks about. Um, the rest of these sort of nuggets I'm, I'll pass along to you quickly. There's a bizarre, in my opinion at least, uh, a four-day off time. In early November, the Hawks play um, on national television on, on October 31st, Halloween. They don't play again until November 5th. Um, obviously, having a four-day break is not terribly weird in the NBA season. You're probably not going to have more than one of those, but having it early, not ideal. You can't really use it to uh, sort of recharge your batteries in the way you'd be able to if it was later in the season. So that's just sort of an odd quirk of the schedule, and we'll keep talking about uh, these some more odd quirks as we get going here. But... Um, just a, I want to note the Dallas Mavericks games, of course, um, they've almost become a, a chief rival of the Hawks recently in the last year or so. I know Hawks fans have some passion against Dallas because of the young Dodgers dynamic and some of the trash talking that's gone on between fan bases on Twitter, etc. Those games are going to have to wait till February this year. Last year, um, it was obviously the early one, the one national TV game this year. It's, uh, February 1st to February 22nd. So a long way until uh, young Dodgers play off, uh, play off, play, sorry, play against each other on the floor. Um, the Hawks play the Brooklyn Nets four times. There's lots of reasons to keep tabs on Brooklyn this year, chief among them being the fact that Brooklyn uh, owes their first-round pick to Atlanta if it's lottery-protected, and that's, that's basically if they uh, make the playoffs, that pick will be going to Atlanta, and they're projected to do so with Kyrie Irving. Um, Kevin Durant not, not going to be playing probably this year, but four times for Brooklyn against Atlanta, and those are always going to be interesting to talk about. The first one of which is going to be Torian Prince's return 
to Atlanta on December the 4th. Um, speaking of returns, you have Kent Bazemore and Dwayne Devin coming back. Um, Deadman's the first one to come back on November 8th after uh, his two-year stint in Atlanta. That game also is the only time the Sacramento Kings visit. Atlanta, a couple of interesting and intriguing individual matchups with uh, Trey Young against De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley against um, John Collins. That'll be a fun one, in my opinion. I'm really looking forward to Hawks-Kings this year. And then February 29th, Bazemore arrives as a member of the Portland Trailblazers, and of course that's Evan Turner playing against his old team, and that those guys were swapped for each other, so that's something to circle on the calendar. Um, another old rival of the Hawks, the Boston Celtics. Only three times will those, will, will those two teams play this season. Um, the last one is uh, probably the most, the most interesting one for me. They actually will play the first time after the trade deadline in early February. So that's always the game that I always like to circle because of the fact that um, the Hawks, if, even if they don't make a trade, there'll be some uh, rumor stuff, I'm sure, by then. And it could, could, the roster could look, could look different by then. So it's always worth uh, keeping in mind that first game after the deadline uh, sometimes this brings some fireworks. Um, elsewhere, the Clippers and Lakers are probably the two teams that I think have drawn the most national headlines over the summer, and uh, they both only come to town one time. The Hawks do play a back-to-back in Los Angeles against the Clippers and Lakers in mid-November. Um, there'll be a lot of uh, Jeff Siegel content from that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to send that Lockdown, Haw- Lockdown Hawks correspondent Jeff Siegel to those games in Los Angeles. He's uh, I, He, of course, lives out there in San Diego. But with that said, um, that's a tough one, obviously, for the, for the Hawks. But December 15th will be the home game against the Lakers. That's a Sunday, 6 o'clock game. That'll be a sold-out crowd, I'm sure, um, for LeBron, AD, and company coming to Atlanta. And then January 22nd, the Clippers come for their only visit with Kawhi and Paul George. So that'll be fun. Um, lastly, some more uh, quick hitters here. Um, the first game um, between DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver, which is a rematch of the NCAA title game, and also the game that we thought we were going to get in Summer League and never happened between Hunter and Culver will be November 22nd, sorry, November 25th against the, against the Timberwolves. Um, uh, worth noting in terms of the division title race, I know a lot of Hawks fans, I wrote about this a little bit, I think the Hawks are going to be able to crash the party potentially and win the Southeast division, and I am pretty low on Miami and Orlando. With that said, no um, no games between the Hawks and Magic or the Hawks and Heat after February 26th, so down the stretch, um, no head-to-head battle, which is kind of unfortunate if the Hawks are in the race, and we'll talk about that more in a second. Also, Zion Williamson, I referenced before, is the preseason opener as the Pelicans come to town, but then the Pelicans don't come to town actually for the regular season game in Atlanta until March 31st. So if Zion does not play in the opener, which could happen because it's preseason and anything can kind of go in that spot, might, might have to wait a long, long time to see Zion in Atlanta. March 31st is uh, two weeks from the end of the season. And speaking of that, the finale of the season is, is Cleveland, who is uh, very bad probably <laughs> of the season on, on April 15th. So that not really ending with a bang unless the Hawks need a win. If the Hawks are I guess battling for playoff position at the end. If that's if, if everything goes right, that'll be a good thing to have uh, a bad team at the end of the schedule. But aside from that, um, kind of a whimper to end the schedule. Uh, last couple things here that I wanted to get to and some more big picture stuff um, that I think is uh, worth talking about. I always like to look at the first 20 games or so. That's actually a Matt Moore staple from the Action Network that I borrowed. Um, but this year, the first 22 games of the, of the pace um, for the Hawks are going to be very interesting because – um, they're pretty difficult, let's just say that. So 18 of the first 22 games for the Hawks are against projected playoff teams. And when I say projected, I mean with the Las Vegas over-unders. Those guys are not perfect, but they are very, very smart at setting numbers in Las Vegas. So 18 of the first 22 games are against projected playoff teams um, by that by that count. And that does not count the Sacramento Kings, who are, are pretty good and would be certainly a projected playoff team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. So 19, if you want to get frisky out of those 22. And honestly... 
The only game in the first 22 in which the Hawks are probably going to be favored in Las Vegas, at least, you know, barring injuries and stuff like that, is at home against Chicago. Um, they could easily be favored in Phoenix, I suppose, or home against Minnesota. But for me, the point stands. It's a very difficult schedule at the beginning of things. Um, there's a five-game road trip that I think that's going to teach us a lot about this Hawks team. From, from November 10th to November 17th, that's one of the one of the couple of West Coast swings. They have to go to Portland, to Denver, and then to Phoenix, which is a nice reprieve, I guess, in Phoenix. But then the back-to-back with the Clippers and Lakers. So that'll tell us a lot about the Hawks team. But listen, just no days off early in the schedule. No terribly brutal games early, early on. They have to go to Detroit, and then Orlando, Philly, at Miami, home for Miami, and then San Antonio. None of those games are awful, other than, I guess, home Philly is pretty challenging. But still, the Hawks won't be favored in any of those games, so it's you know kind of have to get um, get right early on and a pretty challenging schedule out of the gate for the Hawks. In fact, that top, that first 22 games, um, they also have to play Milwaukee twice, have to play at Houston, Golden State, uh, Brooklyn, obviously Clippers, Lakers, Denver, Portland. Uh, just a lot of uh, challenging games early on in the schedule, and that's sort of an overarching theme actually throughout because the schedule really breaks for the Hawks down the stretch. Um, in fact, I was uh, looking at a lot of this research that was being done, a lot of it by Jared Duman, good friend of the program, who's been on this podcast before. I do love Jared's work, and he was uh, very quick to get the schedule sort of analysis out there. The Hawks have the second easiest schedule in the entire NBA after the All-Star break, and that is using Vegas overrunner projections. So um, same sort of theory that I was talking about earlier. They had the easiest schedule in the entire league in March and the easiest schedule in the entire league in April, but they're going to pay for that early on. They have the third toughest schedule in the NBA before the All-Star break. They have the toughest schedule in the Eastern Conference by far um, before the break, and then they had the second toughest um, early on in, in October, November, second toughest in January. So a lot of uh, difficulty early on that breaks into a really, really favorable schedule down the stretch. So with that said, if the Hawks are able to sort of hang on for dear life um, for the first you know three, four months of the schedule and are still sort of in the fringe playoff picture, they could probably get hot down the stretch because um, here's just a smattering of the schedule down the stretch. They, they, play the, they play the Thunder at home. They play Dallas at home. They play the Knicks twice, the Wizards twice, the Grizzlies twice, who are going to be bad probably and young, the, the Cavs three times, and the Hornets three times, all of that after the trade deadline. So, um, you know, basically the last two months of the season, they play three, six, uh, eight, 10, 12. That's 14 games, which the Hawks are probably going to be favored um, pretty comfortably in Vegas and all 14 of those games, at least on paper. And, you know, a lot can change between now and then, but the schedule speaks for itself. It's, it's brutal early. It's really soft late. And that's kind of an interesting setup because, you know, this Hawks team, Overall expectations, I think, nationally are somewhat modest for this team. Obviously, there's the over-unders are projecting some growth from last year's 29-win performance, and with good reason. Um, but if, if they got to a rough start, you know, last year they went they famously started 6-23. and um, A lot of that was John Collins-driven and Trey Young kind of being young and all that fun stuff. But this year, it just could be the schedule. Um, there's a real... There's a real tangible way that this team is um, pretty solid, but you, but we, we, we just don't know it until, you know, December. Because of the schedule, as I referenced, you know, if they, you know, the first 22 games, if the Hawks were to go, I don't know, with, with this schedule, if they were to go six and 16, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And that's not, that's someone who I think, you know, I'm going to have the Hawks winning in the low to mid 30s with my final projection, which is obviously a lot better if it's 16, but the schedule is just kind of unforgiving. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just the reality of the situation when you have to go, you know, five game grueling road trip. You, still, you have to play Philly, you have to play Milwaukee twice, you have to go, um, you know, to Indiana, to Houston, Brooklyn, um, Golden State. Um, obviously, Golden State's not really the same team, but still have Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So, you know, 
I don't want to get too deep into the weeds in terms of just picking every single game on the schedule. I'm not going to do that. And I sort of made fun of that on my uh, Twitter feed earlier today. But the reality of the situation is um, highs. Um, the highs could be high down the stretch because it's very, 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 very favorable um, on the schedule. But early on, could be a challenge and something to keep in mind as we navigate the schedule throughout. I'll, be probably, I'll probably be trying to remind myself as well when uh, early on when the schedule is not forgiving in October and November and then early into December. So with that said, um, it's always a fun time. Plan your uh, calendars accordingly. I know the Hawks, I'm, I'm sure, will have some ticket packages coming out. Coming out. I was uh, planning some, hopefully, some short travel stuff. Going to be going out to a couple of road games this year, I hope. And then, of course, as many home games as humanly possible for me. You know, starting with October 26th against Orlando, um, I was able to get to, get to Detroit last year, etc. So, a planning day for those of us who cover the league quite a bit. Uh, also, um, one thing that I wanted to note: this is more of a national thing than a Hawks thing because most of the games for the Hawks are still 7:30 tip-offs. But across the league, there was some uh, movement to have national TV games move to seven and seven seven thirty to avoid some of those late tip-offs, those ten thirty games. Um, the Hawks had that seven p.m. game actually against. Um, that's all the I believe the only weekday uh, home night game that's that's before seven thirty is that seven o'clock Halloween game against Miami. The only other game that's uh, not 7.30 during the week is the 2.30 tip-off on uh, MLK Day, which is always going to be fun. Obviously, people out of school have work on that day anyway. So the scheduling for the Hawks is kind of the same as it usually is. Sunday, Sunday's the game, uh, Sunday's the day, I should say, where they actually are able to shake things up a little bit with times. But more often than not, 7.30 home games is going to be the norm for this Hawks team. And the road games are dictated, of course, by uh, where they are playing, etc. So, you know, mark your calendars. Always a, always a fun time. Probably won't do too much more on the schedule and, until uh, we get closer to things. But I want to break, th- break down a little bit and uh, sort of prep everyone. I wrote a little bit about this. I did a 10 games to watch kind of thing at peacetreeps.com in a hurry. Also, the full schedule is out. And I think we have Graham Chapel writing a, a deeper dive into things. Also, have some, some good work on the internet from Chris Kirshner and others about just the way the schedule breaks down this year. So, um, you know. Strap in. It's it's August. There's not too much going on, so that kind of allows us to dig deep into the schedule. But uh, rough late, <laughs> uh, pretty easy down the stretch, and uh, that could set up some pretty interesting scenarios if the Hawks were to hang around and navigate the brutal schedule early on in the campaign. So. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's going to be enough for today. I know I've been going a little bit longer on the podcast recently when I have guests on. And that's probably always going to be the case when I have guests because I want, I'll take advantage of those, of those. And I think people respond to them quite a bit. Our numbers usually go up when I have a guest, so I, I understand that reality. But um, not always the case because we have to be able to navigate. You know, I'm, I'm recording pretty late in the night on Monday, for instance, on this fine podcast. So scheduling is always the, is the key there. But I really appreciate everybody's patience and, their, and your patronage. Please subscribe to the podcast. Check out our most recent podcast with Jeremy Wu, with John. Josh Lloyd with Robbie Calland. Um, tell a friend, please, please tell a friend and subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And uh, we will return later in the week. I'm not really sure what the plan is in terms of uh, actual days at this point in time. I have some, some good guests lined up, and uh, we are now, you know, about two months or so from tip off. And of course, plenty of media day, preseason content, all that stuff is going to be coming in the near future. So please stay tuned, please subscribe, and we'll see everybody later on this week.